You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 702, Legionnaires 15, all choked up. Welcome to episode 702 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. I am Paul French, and today I am apparently unaware of the Oscars, lad. Huh. Mm. This, I, you, like I, I was saying to Darren uh, earlier, I used to regularly participate in this, the Gay Super Bowl. Uh, uh-huh. But, uh, but um, it seems over the last eight years that's got less and less. And it used to be that I would, you know, record it, and then for 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 the last, you know, I like way back it was like, oh, we making snacks. Oh and, yeah. Uh, totally. Oh, this is gonna be stuff, and we got people coming over. And it's uh, better when you have themed snacks to the to the movie that you're watching. Absolutely. And then okay. and then uh, and then after that, you know, we we cut back on it a bit with the kids because it was just too chaotic. Yeah. Yeah. And and plus, you know, with us always recording on Sunday nights anyway, um, I, you know, just stopped taking that night off. And uh, so it's my fault, Darren. <laughs> totally your fault. As always. Always and, your fault, uh, And today I was so checked out to it that it was like they were already starting to announce, you know, I was already starting to see uh, winners come up in uh, in uh, Twitter alerts. And I, and I realized, oh, yeah, I am thoroughly checked out on it. Now, <laughs> to be fair. I've seen like one nominated movie, and that is for visual effects. It's the Shang Chi movie. <laughs> ah, well, that's one. <laughs> oh, yeah. and in Encanto, we saw that. Oh, Encanto is beautiful. Yeah, I yeah. Love so, so we saw I, that. I saw, I saw Don't Look Up, which oh, saw that yes, too. Damn it. Is, um, see, see. So technically, that I would consider to be one of the best movies of the year, only because I saw like three or four movies that came out that year. And so I guess that counts. So it's like top five easily. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so black widow counts in my top five. Yeah. That, that was, that was, I, that was the first movie that I saw in the theaters coming out of COVID. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. And, and I guess Spider-Man would be the, another one of my top five. Cause that's the other one I saw in person. There you go. Yeah. We went to see it a couple of weeks ago, which I, I always say when, when I actually drag the, the family out to a movie um, and, you know, a hundred dollars later, yeah. um, it, it's like, well, that should assure that this will be streaming within two weeks. <laughs> and it hasn't been. I've been waiting for it to show up on stream. Well, it's well, it's, it's, it's I've Sony. Been spoiled. I've already been spoiled on it. So it's OK. I know. Who's in it's it. Sony, not Disney. Disney's. Yeah. It's coming it's soon. soon. I'm like, come on. I think the Batman is the, the new Batman movies coming out on HBO Max. Exactly. Exactly. And I actually, I'm off. surprised. I'm surprised that one didn't come out at the same time because Warner's been pretty good about getting movies up in theaters and on streaming. I bet that was something to do with the contracts. That, that's how yeah. I watched Su- the Suicide Squad and Dune. Yep. Yeah, but, but I think by this point they were, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot as evidenced by the um, uh, the ScarJo uh, Marvel. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Scar Joe Marvel Disney debacle. Yeah, exactly. Can, as, as estimated by that, you know, like, like I'm sure that's what factors into this because you I'm know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure for the Warner Brothers movies, it was only calendar year 2021. Oh, and okay. So 
released on streaming and at home. I mean, and in the theaters on the same day. So I'm pretty sure that's over. Yeah, they, they, you're right. They did announce that as our entire slate for 2021 will be will be released. And uh, and it didn't go over great, shockingly. Yeah, well, so what has lately, to be honest, as what what That's has fair. gone over great lately? That's what, fair. As in like, movies, as in anything. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> existential dread lad here yeah we, we are in a timeline yeah i'm using my powers on you all it isn't the Take best the one down it isn't the best one jim um all right darren i'm gonna turn it over to you all right hi everybody i'm darren well and tonight i am uh, not a gay tonight because i'm not watching the gay super bowl what yay yeah i'm straight for the next three hours give or take. <laughs> he's gonna talk about yeah, football yeah, yeah. And- we talk about and... nailing bitches and RBIs is what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what we do. I'm going to try to spit some as well. Because yeah. That's traditional. You know, can, some, can someone send me a hetero welcome to the hetero team gift basket? I bet y'all don't do that. Do you? <laughs> gift uh, basket? Yeah, see, there you go. See, I can't do that it's a it's manners a, are a thing darren it's a six pack in a in in a a, hey, a shopping bag i mean people don't even use coasters don't talk hey i am all about coasters <laughs> then you're on my team congrats my, my mother my mother done raised me right on that well, see, water water, water rings are an aesthetic uh, oh see, see yeah not a good you know, one i will never never say anything against your it, it bring it brings out the press board <laughs> Oh, it does. It does. Bring up the <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does, baby. <laughs> it swells that paper like nobody's business. It really does. <laughs> All right, over to you, Mr. Travis. <laughs> hey, everybody. This is Travis Illusor, and this week I'm going to be recommendation lad. Uh, so this weekend I have something I read, something I listened to, and something I watched that I enjoyed all three, and I'm going to recommend all three. Nice. Let's do some plugging. Uh, Is this like so, playing animal, vegetable, and mineral? Not at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> totally different rules. And he said plugging, not pegging. Uh, uh, both uh, would count. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, what I read, a uh, new graphic novel. It's called Sword of Super by Eric Gapster, who is mostly been known for inking in the comic mainstream comic industry he's been inking justice league for i don't know a year now but uh he wrote and drew this it is mainly a aimed at a middle age level reading um mm-hmm. about a kid who gets superpowers and it's mostly lighthearted. it's got a little bit of seriousness to it but one thing i liked about it is this kid gets superpowers and his dad's first reaction is i'm moving you out into the country where it's not going to be hard to hide your powers and I can train you properly. Hmm. And Ooh. I was like, well, that makes, that makes sense. You know, Absolutely. he thinks about homeschooling and all, and he's like, nah, and the kid really wants to go to school though. Anyway, it, it, it turns into wacky adventures. He's got a sister who turns out to be the best character of the whole book. And she is by far the smartest and she knows it. Uh, anyway, it's really good art. It's funny. Uh, it's got some good heart to it. I, Highly recommend Sort of Super by Eric Gapster. Nice. So, what I listened to, um, a fairly new album that came, yeah, it did come out just 
a month or two ago. Um, so my favorite band in the world is Pearl Jam. So this last month, uh, Eddie Vedder released a solo album. Yes. And I'm not a solo album guy usually, um, especially with bands, the front front man, if he goes and does a solo album, I usually don't like it because let's face it, the sound is never quite the same. It's like they'll hire studio musicians and studio musicians do not sound like a band who has played together for 30 years. You know, it's, there's no chemistry there and it just doesn't work for me. But Vedder uh, did an interesting thing. Um, he got some people playing with him that I did not totally expect. Uh, he got Chad Smith, mm-hmm. uh, the drummer from the Chili Peppers, mm-hmm. except for one track where he has Ringo Starr drumming. Hmm. Um, he got uh, Josh Klinghoffer, also from the Chili Peppers, to That's play right. guitar. Yeah, uh, Andrew well, that, Watt. That Flea and Anthony were they unavailable? They were unavailable. Uh, Andrew Watt played bass on most of it. Uh, he's mostly known as a producer. He's produced everyone on earth. Uh, Elton John did he a. Was, he, um, and he's he's Ozzy's most recent guitar player too. Yes, he's he plays yeah. he plays a little bit of everything. We, we, yeah, um, exactly. Uh, Elton John does a duet on one of them, playing piano and singing. Stevie Wonder comes on and plays harmonica on a punk song. Wow. Like it's punk rock guitar going and Stevie Wonder just going to town on a harmonica. It was very interesting. But uh, anyway, it's definitely not Pearl Jam, but I really liked it. It's just a very different sounding. It's album. pretty great. It's pretty great. I, I really I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really I've heard a little bit of it here and there, but I've owned it for a few weeks, but I didn't get to really sit down and listen to it and pay attention to it till this weekend. Nice. And finally, what I watched uh, on the HBO, uh, there's a movie called Kimmy, K-I-M-I, directed by Steven Soderbergh, who most people should know. If you don't mm-hmm. know, we did like the Oceans of Love movies, Traffic, Sex, Lies, and Videotech, Aaron Brockovich, all that stuff. Uh, written by David Kep. Uh, probably most famous for yeah. writing Jurassic Park and the first Mission Impossible and quite a few other things. Um, it's an hour and a half, maybe less than an hour and a half, and it's pure thriller movie suspenseful. Um, oh. It's uh, very self-contained. Most of it takes place in this lady's apartment. There's a little bit where she goes out, but not much. Um, it takes place in the present day, so it's like uh, the larger restrictions on the pandemic have been lifted um but anyway it's a kind of it's kind of got a little bit of a murder really is what sets it off but it's not really a murder mystery um it's all about well how you report a murder maybe i don't know i don't know how to describe it without spoiling it well don't um, spoil it for sure yeah yeah anyway it's on it's on HBO, Kimmy, K-I-M-I. Highly recommend everyone should watch this movie. And uh, anyway, that's it for my recommendation. That's over- awesome. And uh, and yeah, because I liked, he did uh, David Kep, who for comic book people um, also did the Spider, the first Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but uh, his, uh, his last movie um, just before this that he wrote and directed was, uh, was You Should Have Left uh, with Kevin Bacon and Amanda Seyfried. That's quite yes. good too. I uh, yeah, I'm on board for 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 any stuff that he does lately because it's just been 
I, I mean, I suppose I haven't missed many of them looking at this <laughs> list. <laughs> <laughs> There's but, that, uh, right? Yeah, but but yeah, it, I I'm 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 I am adding that to my list because uh, I, I'm clearly going to want to see this. Okay, cool. Over Thanks. to you, Michael. Hi, everybody. I'm Mike Grabway, and this weekend I was, uh, or I am, uh, <laughs> packing for Florida Lad, which includes such things as uh, doing the dishes, uh, doing the laundry so that I have clean clothes to bring with me, and taking an hour out of my day. <laughs> go to my office to try and find something that I left there two years ago that I need to bring with me only to find that it was not there. And, uh, it was in my house all along. So that was, <laughs> as the kids say, that was annoying AF. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that would be very annoying. AF. Uh, maybe, maybe Agatha Harkness put in there since you said it was there all along. I mean, I her. Or, or it was, uh, um, I don't know. I'm annoyed by it. Uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> so I will uh, I will be having fun in Florida all this week. So, yay. Don't look for me. <laughs> OK, then. <laughs> There's that. Yeah. I mean, I would only really be able to look for you in places that you definitely wouldn't be. So, um, yeah, maybe I shouldn't anyway. Hmm. You're right. Yep. Uh, so with that, I will turn it over to Jim. Uh, hey, everyone. I'm Jim Purcell. And uh, this week I was crushed it, lad. Um, so over the last several years, I've been uh, discovering a new author. Uh, I won't say favorite, but it, he's, they're definitely up there. I guess this is also turning into a recommendation uh, uh, segment. Um so the author's name is Brandon Sanderson, and they're known for doing uh, fantasy um, novels, mm. uh, very very long fantasy novels. Um, they're kind of a they're they're not new, but they've been becoming a much bigger deal in the last uh, couple of years. I think uh, they're m most well known for their uh, it's called the Cosmire Cosmere. Um, um, not, not, not franchise. Uh, what's the word? Uh, anyway, it's like a whole, it's a series of novels all set in the same universe, but in a way they're, they are connected, but they're not connected. It's, it, it, it's interesting. Each, 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 each books, there's several book series within this larger framework. Um, and I started reading his, um, um, Sorry, I lost my thread of thought. Uh, it, it's called the Stormlight Archives. It is a is basically his big uh, uh, fantasy opus. Mm -hmm. um, that's what got me into him. And I read the first two novels in that. Both books are like 1,200, 1,300 page books. They're, mm -hmm. they're massive. Uh, they're very good. However, mm -hmm. over the last several months, I've been going back to some of his earlier work. Uh, and I've been reading his Mistborn uh, trilogy which is a kind of an urban fantasy. Uh, it's got a very kind of like well-defined magic system. I won't go too in depth. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. It, it, but over the last week, I basically read the last two books in the series back to back and I just could not put them down. Every single moment 
on break at work just before going to bed, I was reading it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and two nights ago, I got into bed at 11 o'clock, and then at four in the morning, I finished the last one. Oh, wow. <laughs> because when I get reading, I get it's, reading. It's dangerous to read. Oh, it's very That's, dangerous for me yeah. to read. Uh, Especially it, with big books, because they could fall on you. Nah, see, we, sol- we solved that with the with the iPad. <laughs> Fair enough, but still, it can hit. It can hit hard. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, the Mistborn books aren't as long as the uh, tw- uh, Stormlight Archive books. Fortunately, they're about half as long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are they are good. Um, if you're looking for something that's kind of like, how do I exp- how do I really put this? The way I would describe most of his fantasy novels is they're fantasy in the sense that they have quote unquote magic. But because the magic systems are kind of well-defined, they're more like science fiction in a lot of ways, because in a lot of ways, the stories are about how these systems uh, affect the world. So there's like a there's a there's a tinge of science fiction, which is I'm not a big fantasy fan. I'm not a big uh, sword and shield uh, Tolkien fan. Unfortunately, these are different, at least for me. I would say they're a less nihilistic Game of Thrones. Because I also like Game of Thrones because Game of Thrones is um, it's more grounded, I suppose, for a fantasy series. That's more interesting to me because it's more of a like a political. Yeah, it's political drama. Right. These books have that, too, but they don't have the body count. So you can feel a little better about them. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we 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 bitch and moan about how Legion's been treated, but I think we can agree that last season of Game of Thrones was. Ah, uh, yeah. Wow. It, it was a lot. The the fans of GOT deserve so much better. It's, am, it's it, it is amazing how something can go so high, can nosedive so hard. Well, it's it's a get, it's a you get in front of your writer, and well, it's not just that you get in front of your writer, and it turns out you were lying the whole time about uh, your ability. Well, there's just, that that was clear from the scripts that came out after they got in front of the writer, right? They didn't have a guide to go by. So when when you when you when you when you were unable to fake it to make it. Yeah. Well, I also get the the problem with that. And spoilers for Game of Thrones. Um, I get that after you kill off so many of the characters, right? You don't have any more political intrigue. That's true. You know, it, 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 it no, there's no one who is in the gray area now. Now we're dealing with black and white here, and uh, it, mind you, it was still three factions at the end of it. But it was still very, the, these are the decisions, these are the decisions, these are the decisions. And there wasn't time for all the uh, maneuvering and backstabbing and such that Game of Thrones was famous for. So, right. you know. And, and similarly, the, the Sanderson books have large casts and the point of views switch between many characters. And uh, I would say anyone who's a fan of Game of Thrones could should give Stormlight Archives in particular a chance. But anybody who just likes good, like, I would call it urban fantasy, although it does go into different places. Mistborn is also a great place to start, but both both series. Uh, a little less daunting than uh, Stormlight. Like, again, I'm saying each one of those books is massive. Uh, but, yeah, just a great author. Oh, nice. I should also point this out. They're actually running a Kickstarter right now. See, during COVID, uh, they had an idea for a book series, but they had all this other stuff they had to do, contracts and whatnot. Uh, so they decided to just write four more books even though they had an entire workload on top of them. That's the other thing about Sanderson. He loves writing. He doesn't stop. He won't stop. 
Mm-hmm. He just keeps. So anyway, he's got a Kickstarter. And so for 40 bucks, you can get four novels. They'll come out quarterly next year. Uh, so, eh, well, I don't know I, if that's a, hmm? I, I was going to say, you know what else he does on YouTube? He, he has done lectures on how to create fictional worlds, world building, creating characters, writing everything you can imagine. All, all of his thought processes in creating a world and the characters in it and, and plot yeah. and all this other yeah. stuff. And it is amazing to listen to. It's like, remember how, uh, what are those, uh, masterclass? Yeah. Websites? Yeah. Yeah. It's practically a masterclass in writing fiction. Wow. Um, it really is. And, awesome. and I, I get what you say, Jim, about not being a fantasy person. Um, because sometimes, yeah, it's difficult to get into even for me and I play D and D. Right. You know, it, it's kind of difficult to, to get that on paper to a point where it's not like, ugh. Um, so tiring to read because it's the same thing over and over. Even Tolkien gets plotting for sure, mm-hmm. you know, over time. I'll be honest. I never finished the two towers. I kind of yeah. got stuck on it. And I dropped totally it. understand that because Tolkien will go on about 10 pages about a tree. Um, God love him, <laughs> but he, he will, you know, that's what his, his prose is. Absolutely. And uh, that's why I've always liked that middle ground where you have fantasy and sci-fi together in a, in a book. And a lot of people don't like that, but I, you know, I started uh, my my journey in the in this world in, with Thundar the Barbarian oh, right, yeah. on Saturday mornings, and that was magic and technology together. And Dirty, that's, baby, yeah, and Masters of the Universe right nearly right behind it. So I'm like, oh, you can have magic and you can have technology, ooh, and then Star Wars because the Force, right? Yeah, Force is a, is a magical thing, although it's supposed to be religion and God and whatever. But it, you know, to to a kid watching it it's it's magic so uh <laughs> nice doug henning sir yeah, you're welcome so i but that's that's just how i like my stuff i like it mixed in there and i think when you have those worlds like that like legion um where there is magic and technology together you have to you have to be very strict on your rules yeah and legion's got why. like the opposite problem where it's a essentially a sci-fi series mm-hmm. but sometimes they go to castles yeah, they 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 go to magic. I mean, Projectra, uh, yeah, what was conducting seances? Dreamy can see the future. The White Witch, uh, Bendis amped that up by including Doctor Fate. <laughs> I mean, yeah, when you think about magical characters in DC, Doctor Fate's pretty much up there. So, um, I did like what Levitz did with Witch about saying she had to make sure she had the the spell prepared. That was I don't know. I've always thing. found that kind of annoying because it's very. It's very D and D. It is very D and D, but it also meant, well, it also meant that she couldn't automatically solve all the problems, right? There's other right. ways to do that, though. I just think having a like, oh, I had to make memorize magic missile this morning mm-hmm. is just a little not I, I great. Would, I would have liked to have comic. seen. I would like to have seen her spell list at some point. Exactly, it's you know never I mean? defined. It's, it's she always just defined. doesn't. Have, yeah, she never is like. You just never know what she does and doesn't have, which just makes it convenient. She, she I guess. became the new Tyrock in a way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? It's a power that can do anything we want it to do when and we need it to do it. Or it's a power that won't do what she needs it to do. Exactly. The plot, Be- you know? Before Doctor Who's sonic screwdriver, there was Tyrock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wee, wee, you. Do anything you want her to do except for the, <laughs> the things you don't want her to do. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Crazy. Indeed. So very Anyway, crazy. I've rambled on, but fortunately, I think we're out of people. Yay! <laughs> there we go. There we go. But I, <laughs> I, 
I, I think I've got, I, I, I've got I've got stuff that I'm recommending for my to myself to check out now, and and now I've got something to suggest for my wife who will, who will love that. And uh, yeah, how old's your oldest? She's twelve. And yeah, right now, she might be a couple go, years might be a couple years away from Miss Bourne. That might yeah, be like fourteen. Right. She might well, you know, like she's been like I I know like she's it's a little violent. The defiant stuff. Okay. Uh, and that's one of one of his, is it not? Let me double check that. Yes, that is. Uh, yes, Skyward. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think she, I think she actually read one of those last year. So maybe. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Uh, anyway, the um, you know, and she's read. You know, right now, for the most part, if they don't go to Hogwarts, she's not quite as interested. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, now, see, that's that's all magic. I don't consider exactly. normal technology to be part of that story at all. I consider yeah. that's all magic over there. There's no sci-fi component to what they're yeah, doing. Exactly. And to be fair, there isn't really a sci-fi component to these books either. It's just the way magic is treated is more like scientific, which yeah, I guess yeah. is why I say there's a tinge of sci-fi to it, which is, I guess is what I what I gravitate towards. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Oh my God, y'all, gay Twitter has stopped moving because Chris Evans appeared on the Oscars. Oh, oh of course. <laughs> America's he, ass. He's very cut. <laughs> uh, mm, mm. Talk amongst yourselves. Move on. Well, all right. Hey, I thought you were straight for the next couple hours. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> all right. I know. America's ass. I understand. Uh, thank you. It's yeah. Your hey, so speaking of <laughs> speaking of which, um, what have we got in the way of Legion news this week? I don't uh, think any. Nothing from the Legion won any Oscars. Not yet. Well, no, yeah. Yet. We're holding on. We're holding on for hope. This year. Maybe an Emmy next year, but maybe, you know, maybe, maybe. maybe. I, I know that uh, Young Justice is coming back on the 31st for their second season, part two. Nice. So okay. we'll see some Legion stuff in there. There we go. There we go. See, always something coming along. Always. All right. Always. Well, in that case, if we've moved on from uh, from intros and news, then um, why don't we get into the class of I believe it was 69 last. Ooh, hello. Well, uh, yes, last week we did the class of 69, 1969 to be specific. Right, right. However, uh, we were in kind of that limbo action comics moving (laughs) over Superboy, and there were no new recurring characters in either 1970 or 1971. Oh, my gosh. So we skipped to 1972. Um. And this kicks off the uh, the Bronze Age era, yeah. Starting starting in 1971 when they moved to Superboy, and I'm cutting it off in '84 because that's when uh, Crisis happened. So ah. I, gotta, I gotta cut it off somewhere. Yep, I, I would say Death of Superboy, but that's just me. Uh, well, hmm. that's not. <laughs> that's a couple years later. And I made it. 1984 makes a a nice, rough, even time frame too. Uh, but anyway, um, so the only two characters who debuted in 1972, uh, neither of them made a big splash when they appeared, but both of them would become much more prominent <clears throat> decades. Uh, we have Kravna, who was just you know Super Boy, or uh, Ultra Boy's dad. 
um, in Superboy 184, and then King John of Pasnik in Superboy 193, who would later show up and be a uh, major force behind the scenes in the Kund War in five years later. And of course, Kravna. I, I can't believe a king became president. How progressive. <laughs> he was, wasn't president. Was he? Oh, wasn't was he? he? I thought he was. No. I don't know. I'm just concerned that he brought up major force. We got a lot of uh, oh, of, mm. of Legion women. We got to keep out of the fridge. So, uh oh, that's true. That's very true. And of course, uh, Kravna made a couple of uh, uh, appearances in the um, uh, in the pre-crisis era, and then bulked up and became Krav the General Na in the yeah. current. So uh, that's it for those two. Uh, the winner of the class of 69 was Eltrogand. Yeah. And uh, it was the least voted on. Um, <laughs> it's the one people cared the least about. Yep. <laughs> by by far. Mm. And um, so hopefully there will be more people voting in uh, Kravna versus El uh, King John. Maybe slightly. <laughs> <laughs> Do we think? <laughs> It's it's tough to not have a uh, a marquee character on which to hang its hat. Right. That's true. Yeah. That's fair. Oh yeah. Ooh, okay. What's up? I said that's it for the debuts this year. All right. Well, let's get into the issue. Cool. And, um I suggested Michael uh, read since he's not going to be with us. Oh, anyway. that's right. Uh, <laughs> I hope you can because I still can't read comics online. So I forgot it's, it's it. either you or Paul. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it right. All right. Here, so. All right. So <clears throat> we uh, we start off on the cover with uh, Ultra Boy getting choked by some tentacles. Ew. Ooh, indeed. And this is a uh, cover by uh, Jeff Moy, uh, Carl Story, and I would presume Tom McCraw coloring. Is this Correct. first Jeff Moy on Legion? He he did something a week or two ago on the annual. That's right. We talked about we it. Talked about oh, this, uh, right. Yeah. The annual. Yeah, okay. I think this is his first cover, though. Yeah. 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 And it is an issue, a, actually. I guess he drew this one. A That's striking good. cover as well. And um, yeah, so let's uh, let's let's dig into that, shall we? All right, we um, start off with the roll call, and uh, we have Andromeda, Inferno, Apparition, Invisible Kid, Brainiac Five, Livewire, Pharaoh, Saturn Girl, Gossamer, and Ultra Boy. And uh, and this one is brought to us. Uh, by Tom and Mary Beerbaum, writers for the last time, um, or writers on this book for the last time. Um, uh, Jeff Moy, penciler, Dennis Kramer, inker, Pat Rousseau, letterer, Tom McCraw, colorist, Mike McAvaney, assistant editor, and Casey Carlson, editor. All right, so we start off with a big old uh, dragony looking thing. Um, you know, hey, Ultra Boy's around, wouldn't you figure, right? Um, <clears throat> and uh, Garth uh, saying, lightning, lightning land, uh, uh, live wires here too. I mean, it could be Super Moby Dick. Oh, there you go, there you go. And um, and in a typical live wire uh, fashion, he's yelling, "What's going on?" 
And um, and uh, Joe's in there, already been sucked in by the beast, saying, help me. And it's also got its uh, tendrils on Imra, Lyle, and uh, it's working on uh, on Andromeda. Five legionnaires trapped in a terrifying labyrinth of their worst nightmares. Bum, bum, bum. All right, so um, we have uh, we have them in there, and uh, and Joe's saying it's got me, bloody grief, I'm going down. And uh, Invisible Kid says, Saturn Girl, I told you to maintain a mental link between us. I tried. God, no matter what I do, it's never enough. You didn't even listen to me. Nobody does, says Lyle. She says, Stop it. We've got to stop fighting each other. It's the vortex. It's messing with our minds. And he says, You're right. Our panic, the creature itself. It's all coming from our minds. And uh, Joe's down there yelling, help me. And uh, and and um, Imra says, Ultra Boy, this is his nightmare. And um, Lyle says, right, he got his powers this way. He was swallowed by an ultra energy beast. Hang on, Joe, fight the panic. And he says, what? And um, because he's Ultra Boy. Um, and uh, Imra says, We'll form a mental link. We'll chase this dream out of your mind. And uh, he says, this isn't a dream. We're all dying. Can't you see? And she says, please, Joe, open your mind to me. You created this creature. You can destroy it. No. And um, and uh, and she says, listen to me. Tinya's out there somewhere, maybe dying. She needs you. And that kind of gets him. He's Tinya, Tinya. And then he breaks free of both the beast and his shirt. Um, and uh, he's, what am I thinking? And they say, oh, right, Joe, this ugly slug swallowed me years ago. I'm Ultra Boy. I eat losers like this for breakfast, not the other way around. Um, and um, we hear a voice, uh, what the hell's going on out there? I keep sending my people to Acapulco and then losing contact with them. What's the story, Officer Salazar? And uh, we're, we are seeing uh, Legion headquarters. It is Fortress Lad. And uh, um, Officer Salazar is on the screen saying, we're not exactly sure, Computo. It started during the food riots uh, we've been having. Livewire hauled off and zapped some people in the crowd. That kind of that activated a kind of mental meltdown in, in this one kid. Almost like a hurricane. It just started swallowing people up. First, the four Legionnaires who were treating the kid. Now your five-person rescue team. Um, so Computo uh, says, what do we do? Go, go in after them? No, ma'am, believe me. You don't want to send anyone else into that mess. And uh, Joe seems to have punched his way out of this and says, there's one reptile who's ready for the compost heap. And uh, they find Brainy and he's not looking good. And uh, um, oh, no, Brainy, no, says Lyle. And Imra says, I'm not picking up any mental activity. Nothing at all. You mean he's, no, I think maybe he's just a prop in another dream. Andromeda? And uh, she's uh, in the corner saying, all my powers, if, no matter how much, no how, matter how hard I try, they're still dead. Everyone who ever mattered to me. And she says, Laurel, what's going on? They're all dead. Those filthy kund butchers, they killed my parents, Brainy, everybody. And I couldn't stop them. No, Laurel, none of this is real. There are no kunds. Well, that's ridiculous. I mean, obviously there are. Um, and she says, are you crazy? They're all around us. They're everywhere. Um, and we see, we actually see a bunch of coons show up. Get them. No. 
spill their blood. The rivers of Daxum will run run red. Um, and Ultra Boy says, come on, Laurel, get a grip. This is all a scam. But Brainy, focus on the real Brainy. Real? Get past this imaginary junk so we can find the real Brainy. Brainy. That's it, Laurel. They're only as solid as you want them to be. You were right, Joe. They're gone as they as all the coons uh, fade out. Hey, guys, wait a minute. Where's Imra? And uh, and she's uh, making her way through some smoke and mist and says someone up ahead. I can feel their pain. Gossamer. It's all over. He's gone too far this time. And um, and and she's sitting there, you know, on her knees. And then they see uh, in front of her, huh? Sierra Rock and the heckler from the food riots. What are they doing here? The heckler. They were laying groundwork. Um, he killed them. My own brother killed them. I should have done something to stop him, to save Garth from himself. But it's too late now. No, Ayla, please don't listen to your fears. Shut them out. Look. And there's rumble, rumble, thoom, lightning. It, it must be Garth. And he's holding a pink bunny that looks <laughs> not good. Um, a pink bunny? <laughs> exactly. Oh, Harvey. <laughs> you look like um, a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Tell the kid to take it off. <laughs> um, mother God, I killed it. Why didn't somebody stop me? I didn't know it would die. I didn't. He's, he's a bit like, uh, what's it in uh, Of Mice and Men? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the way, we, uh, did we take a drink for Rumble Rumble Thum? Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, close right. enough. Yeah, yeah close enough. Actually, take another one for the title of this episode. That's right. Choke. Well, now take another one because uh, he said, choke. I, I just, I just take did another it again. Because I just said, oh, oh my God, this could go on forever. Um, this is like a night that will not end. <laughs> and um, and uh, I didn't know it would die. I didn't mean to kill it. Guard? He he was alive and happy before I. Little rabbit foo foo hopping through the forest. Feel <laughs> nice pop him on the head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is close to Easter, is it not? So it's appropriate. <laughs> right. Um, Imra, we're on Winneth. Garth and I grew up here. They just, mom and dad just threw it into the canal and said they'd buy me another one. They just threw him away. Oh, Garth. I'm and, the and one both, they should, what? I was say both of them have uh, have changed into kids now. Yes, totally. <laughs> but I mean, that's just Ayla's thing now, right? Um and um, he says, I'm the one they should have thrown away. Garth, don't. And uh, he ju- he jumps into the water. And um, and so they swim in after him. And he's, God, leave me alone. Just let me go. Don't fight me, Garth. We're going to save you. You shouldn't have risked it. Oh, shut up. <laughs> uh, Garth, nobody can stop you from making mistakes. <laughs> That's for sure. Nobody else can take responsibility for your life. But anytime you need help, we'll always be there for you. We love you. And then Emma repeats, I love you. Aww. Yeah. Hey, Emma, what about the others? Are they okay? And we see um, we see that Joe, you know, still shirtless and uh, and Lyle is like 
jealous, so he's half shirtless. And um, and surprisingly, uh, Andromeda has on more clothes than she ever has as long as we've known of a Laurel Gann. Wow. Uh, uh, wow. Yeah. And, Is she covering uh, her backside even? Well, I mean, only in so far as those saddlebags do. Um, oh, oh, hello. She's got pouches. Eyes coming through. Pouches on a belt, you know. Oh, um, that's true. Yeah. Uh, right. Let's keep our minds clear and on the same wavelength. Right. What are these bugs? There are bugs and snakes and verms. Oh, oh yeah. No, I could not do this. Um, and uh, whose idea was this? Tinya. <laughs> Andromeda is like, I think I swallowed one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she's saying, please, somebody get him off. Get him off. And uh, then we get to Legionnaire headquarters dormitory deck 451F. Get it? 451 Fahrenheit, huh? Yes. Uh, Dirk Morgna, Inferno. Uh, bzz, coming, just a sec. Keiki, what are you doing here? And uh, we've got uh, the mermaid girl, and she says, I, ha I had to show you something I found in my data mailbox. I'm sure it's nothing. At least I hope it's nothing. Keiki, what's wrong? You're scared. Here's a printout. Uh, maybe it'll make sense to you. And we see this picture of Legionnaire and finds romance in Atlantis, and it's uh, and it is um, uh, Dirk and uh, and Kiki, and it says, and it's got it crossed off in red uh, ink, saying, "Hands off, hands off, my man, or else." Oh. <laughs> Does Dirk even know her name? <laughs> Sorry. He, he's been saying it. He's been using it on this page. Oh, that's her actual real name. Okay. Yeah, he's used okay. it a lot, actually. Um, oh, great. This is all I need. And she says, so am, am I getting hyper over nothing? Yeah. Oh. I got I, I to point out this. The graffiti there must be holographic because it's actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's, not dumb, yeah. <laughs> it's not a. Uh, hey, this is uh, this is the future. Just... <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I'm not sure if that was intentional or. Oops. Oh. You know, an, an oops of uh, of the printing process. <laughs> um, oh, great. This is all I need. So am I getting hyper over nothing? Well, you might be. Or maybe this sickle really means it. And we, we're back to Imra, Garth, and Ayla. There's somebody up ahead. By the, by the way, before you go on, um, don't worry about that subplot. Because that subplot was written as if the beer bombs were going to be continuing on the book. And uh, remember Inferno's girlfriend with a temper who we saw in Paris? Um, mm -hmm. Forget about her, too, because we're not coming back to that. Well, just like Dirk. Yeah. I mean, he forgets about these girls all the time. So. Yeah, well, there, there you go. I, I assume if Dirk is with a girl, it will not last more than three issues, and then it'll be a different girl the next time we see him with a girl. So it's, it's my guess that that's who that refers to. Mm -hmm. You know, hands off my man, but... Oh. Definitely, yeah. But but don't worry about it. I'm, I'm oh, I I have already forgotten it. Um, <laughs> I just read it and it's gone. It's gone. Um, there's somebody up ahead. Pharaoh, no, stay back. God, don't look. Pharaoh, what's wrong? Where's your mask? Don't look at my face. It's hideous. And there's this green slime all over the place. Um, keep away from me. It reminds me of, uh, you know, my wife really loves uh, this, this sesame seaweed salad that comes with sushi. 
hideous stuff. And I refer to it as your green slime salad. And um, surprisingly, she's not not down with that description of it at all. Mm. Um, anyway, uh, Ayla says, don't say that. We all like you. We respect you for what you are. Your looks don't matter. And he says, stop it. I can't stand pity. I, now I'm imagining him with the uh, the John Merrick voice. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm not an animal. Um, stop it. I can't stand pity. I don't want your charity. Fair. Andrew, please listen to me. What if something happened to my face? Would it mean our friendship was over? That you wouldn't care about me anymore? He says, no, of course not. He lifts up his head and his mask is back. And it's the same with you. We love you exactly the way you are. But what's going on? Why did I flip out like that? And uh, and Garth says, because you let yourself forget you're a hell of a legionnaire, man. And you know what? The girls are nuts about you. The mask drives them crazy. <laughs> oh, and he says, thanks, guys. I don't know what's, what was happening to me. And Imra says the same thing that's happened to all of us. The only way we're beating it is through our combined willpower, which is why we've got to find the others quickly. This is right. Let me get rid of this disgusting goop. And he shakes his hands and it gets all on uh, on Garth and Ayla. Hey, elsewhere. Jeez, apparition's really losing it. And Joe's like, Tinya, Tinya, concentrate. You're imagining all these things, creating them. She's saying, no, they're real. And he says, OK, they're real. Either way. My ultra eyes are going to fry their little. And then a big snake with horns uh, rears its face on him and, you know, kind of reminds us. Right. And uh, and it loops us right back into Joe's nightmare. And uh, and there it is. It's got him again. And it's damn, this is Joe's nightmare again. It's got me help. We're right back where we started. And then uh, we have uh, Pharaoh, uh, the Rans twins and Imra. Uh, nearby in a mist and is that it's brainy the real brainy yo brain man over here brain Sweet. man well you know like you do um you know, you know, you know, it's, it's, be- it's better than work. fancy it's better than fancy <laughs> sweet muses you're all alive where's laurel is she all right she's in here somewhere um we'll all be all right as soon as we get out of this thing I've been having quite a time in here, says Brainy. My mind was somehow convincing me my errors and respon- irresponsibility had killed everyone. You know, like, like all those other times it happens. <laughs> like all, times, all those times that it did. Well, uh, but going to have happened in, the, in his future. Will have oh, been I'm, going I'm sure to have, he's done it already. Yeah, exactly. Um, how many? Uh, oh, no, wait, she's a triplicate. OK. Um, but I sensed it was a pattern of my private phobia somehow made manifest in this field. That's what I kept telling myself over and over. Seizing control of the situation, uh, the situation meant, hey, hate to break out the lesson, guys, but we got trouble, says Garth. I have to say, I actually really like this application of 12th level intelligence. Uh, yeah. Brainy being able to avoid mental manipulation by outthinking it, which totally. I think is something that doesn't get dealt with very often. Oh, that's a great observation. I yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Um, we see a couple of dominators. Fire incinerate the humans. This is the war, the war with the dominators that destroyed old Earth. Look out and uh, poom, eh, tomb, take a drink. <laughs> um, stop it, stop the thunder. And we've got a little kid sitting in the corner there. My head, the pain. And uh, someone says, shut up. 
and uh and i'm assuming this is uh the boy's mother um i said shut up mafe do you want those discheads to hear you you want them to come after us you shouldn't hit me he says with his rainbow swirly eyes mm. and stop doing that thing with your eyes what now that's the boy who's causing this whole phenomenon it, this is his hallucination heads up we got company says uh says pharaoh and it's dominators uh she's the one she's an anti-earth gov conspirator she stole food from the occupation troops i see she beats her kid too hey what do you think you're doing this conspirator eh mm. no please i was just trying to feed my boy please and they crack and then the kid loses it mommy and the 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 rainbow breaks free of the eyes Mafe, please try to control yourself. Yeah, you don't have to worry about these butchers anymore, says Garth as he takes him out with a well-placed uh, lightning blast. Um, Ayla says, the killings, the killing is over. Things will get better now, I swear. Wait, it's him. It's the guy who hurt me. Huh? Ripped my head open with his thunder. He's trying to kill me. And uh, the kid zaps uh, Garth. And uh, the kid's going ballistic again, says Pharaoh. Mm. My, my mask. Oh, here we go again. Okay, you little dork, you want to fight? You got one. No, Garth, don't. You'll only make things worse. Let go. Nobody pushes me around. And um, and uh, Pharaoh says, hey, lady said, back off. And he whoops him in the face. Hmm. Um, oh, what, was, what was that for? Andrew had to do it, Garth. You almost killed that poor boy once already. That's all this, how this whole thing got started. You're right. This is my mess. I got to clean it up. We'll do it together, Garth. We're legionnaires. Now, come on, I'm deepening our telepathic link. And you can tell because her eyebrows went up. Um, okay, kid, make it easy. You can turn down the hurricane machine now. I'm not going to hurt you again, honest. Stay back. Keep away from me. He says, hey, I'm sorry about what I did to you, really. I never meant to hurt you, and I swear it won't happen again. You, you really mean it? Kid, if anyone ever gives you a hard time again, you just let me know, because they're going to have to answer to me. Mm. Please. And the kid says, please, just take me home. And um, and and Pathum, take a drink. Yay! Um, was, Finally. Was, and the, yeah, all, everything starts going crazy. Uh, was this supposed to happen? Hang on, everybody, just hang on. And then they everything sort of settles. Acapulco, what <laughs> happened? We found Mafe, we settled him down. Our combined support brought his mind under control, says uh, Brainy. And the kids say, home. He's going to be okay, isn't he? Says, uh, says Ayla. We'll have to get him to, uh, to treatment. His mental activity is still most unusual, says Brainy. Please take me home. But I think he's through the worst of it. Oh, thank God. But we may. Um, and uh, then uh, uh, Pharaoh says, man, I wasn't sure we'd ever get out of there. And Imra says, but we made it with a little help from our friends. And Garth says, yeah, I guess that's all any of us ever needed. Indeedy. Yeah. Oh. oh, and then there's an ad for the Elseworlds annual. Ooh, which one? Uh, Superman and Man of Steel with art by, uh, on the cover by um, Mike Mignola. Hmm. Yeah. And that's all. Wow. It's over. Indeed. <laughs> And uh, I wonder if there's anything that Tom Beerbaum had to say about this one, Michael. Uh, there was. And actually, this is going to be the last 
uh, one of these because this is uh, the end of a lowercase era. <laughs> lowercase <laughs> uh, lower e, Pat? Because this one had um, uh, the last of the beer bombs. They were around since uh, volume four, number one, and their contract was over. And then, uh, as we'll see coming up next, we're heading into zero hours. So that's it. Um, I want to note before I get into what Tom says, um, this last storyline that they did with the interweaving plot lines uh, was issues nine through 15. So that's seven issues, mm. and it all took place over the course of two days. And Goodness. I've heard of decompressed storytelling, um, but seven months to cover two days is kind of a lot, um, but that's what it is. Uh, so Tom says, for about the prior six issues, we'd been interweaving several plot threads, and I think we were kind of intentionally leaving this psychological study for a clean issue where we could really try and explore the themes of this adventure in, in one self-contained story. The setup occurred uh, several issues earlier when Livewire angrily hurled lightning bolts at an unruly mob in the Acapulco Dome and critically injured a male teen in the audience, causing his mind to erupt in an explosion of mental energy. Uh, that vortex of energy has sucked in the legionnaires uh, and they're locked inside facing some kind of tense, intense emotional turmoil. At the end of issue 14, um, the legionnaires are about to plunge into the vortex to try and rescue the other trapped legionnaires. So then he goes through a recap of the whole story. And at the end, uh, he says, all it took, Saturn Girl observes, is a little help from their friends. And Garth is thoughtfully adding that maybe that's all any of them ever needed. And with that, our run in the book ends. It wow. was nice to include things with a story where the deep friendship within the team prevailed and conquered the phobias and conflicts that had been unleashed. It was a chance to emphasize what mattered most to us as we were being sent out to pasture by DC. As it was the case with Dami, the Dominator girl, the idea was for Maeve to ultimately join the Legion. We'd planned on this strange kid dubbing himself the new Kid Psycho, and in this case, the psycho part being that he would be mentally unstable and tapping into observations from an alternate reality that only he could perceive, a reality that revealed to him what was going on in the minds of others. He'd be particularly attuned to the demons, phobias, and traumas that haunt the villains the Legion would oppose, being able to relive the experiences that drove their antagonists to their villainy. I'd wanted him to have a hand puppet that would be the quote medium from whom we from whom we'd learn what was going on in Maeve's mental visions, and had also wanted him to be on the pudgy side, identifiably Hispanic, and with scruffy adolescent whiskers, a very identifiable and kind of vaguely fanish look. But apparently the idea of having our first official Hispanic legionnaire be quasi-insane and not heroically handsome was troublesome, and he turned into a good-looking, brown-haired, waspish character. Of course, it's all academics, so I'm guessing nobody ever saw Maeve again after this issue. Mm. I'm fairly pleased with the story and how it helped us explore the personalities 
of the involved Legionnaires and lay in some origins and background for some of the characters. We didn't get much of a look into the anxieties and phobias of brainy Saturn girl or invisible kid, mostly because I viewed them as being best able to recognize what was being done to their mind and resist. And I personally really prefer a story where the journey each character takes is a little different. Overly rational brainy doesn't really need any help at all while passionate Joe drags a bunch of his teammates into his nightmare not once but twice. Fans of the 70s Legion will protest that Brainy should have been depicted as perhaps the most unstable of the group since he cracked up back then and tried to destroy the universe by creating Omega with the Miracle Machine, but I wasn't completely sold on that plot line, and in any case, I feel like the Legionnaire series was dealing with a young, well-adjusted Brainy who might have been destined for a smoother, happier road in part because of a rewarding long-term relationship with Andromeda. The story also really allows Gossamer to shine as the great nurturer within the team, several times coming up <clears throat> with great words of support that pulls a teammate out of a negative spiral and setting an example some of the others picked, upon, picked up on as they figured out how to rescue more and more of their teammates. It was a bit of a whirlwind, and we might have been able to, to make out the various scenarios more intense and more insightful if we'd spread the story out beyond the one issue, but I think we found a pretty good balance, and I'm pleased with the pace and the progress the story made. I really enjoyed Jeff Moy's artwork on this issue and regretted that he arrived just as we were departing. While his slightly cartoonish style wasn't for everyone, I loved the lighter touch and thought he did an excellent job on this very challenging issue. And there's a nice sexy feel to everything. Lots of uniforms getting shredded in skin tight costumes, showing off lovely Legionnaire anatomies, which to me is part of what makes this team appealing and hard to resist. I should also single out Tom McCraw's colors in this issue, which really popped and were especially effective with the visual we used for Saturn Girl's mind linking stunt where shadowy outlines of each character were given distinctive colors. All in all, I'd say it was a satisfying, fitting way to wrap up our run working on the Legion. And uh, since we did not get to read uh, all of the things that he wrote separately about individual Legionnaires, I encourage you to go check out his page. It's called uh, It's Okay, I'm a Senator, um, .wordpress.com, I think. But if you just Google it's okay, I'm a senator, you'll find it. Uh, oh, sorry. It's okay, I'm a senator. Live journal. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so he's got a lot of interesting stuff from his perspective and from what he and Mary and, uh, and Keith Giffen tried to do. And it's worth a read. Yeah, absolutely. The Good stuff. All right. I have I am going to delve into the mailbag. Oh, do we have letters? Letters. Uh, before we got, before oh. you do. Oh, oh, Travis interrupt us. Yeah. Before you do. <laughs> I, I know we spoke briefly on it, but uh this being uh Moy really taking over Legionnaires, I guess officially. Uh I gotta say, uh, I think he came into his own after he got away from Dennis Kramer on inks. This doesn't scream to me Jeff Moy. I think later when he has uh, 
W.C. Karani and his brother it, Phil Moy inking it. It's yeah. a big difference, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's quite a bit of difference. Yeah, I, I have gotten that uh, that Jeff started at the end of this series, so it'll be interesting to see if Corey um, picks up the inks or if he sticks with someone uh, or someone or he's given someone else between now and then. Uh, Kramer sticks through into Venera, and then okay. uh, with the relaunches of the number zero. Uh, I don't know if Phil Moy shows up then or if it's Karani first, but that, he, he uses both of them. Yeah, it's Corey Karani first and Phil comes in later. And I was just looking up uh, Dennis Kramer, who inked on here mm-hmm. and uh, who did a few issues of this and Invisibles and a few other things. And I haven't seen that name in a while. And, uh, and it's because Dennis Kramer is now Justine Mara Anderson. Oh. And, uh, and illustrates for Dungeons and Dragons and uh, Magic the Gathering cards and everything else. Oh, sweet. And does some really good fantasy art. We're going to play some uh, D&D later and roll some dice. Yeah. Play some murder hoboing. Yeah. Art style <laughs> has involved, evolved quite a bit. Anyway, uh, just interesting note, I thought. Mm-hmm. Cool. Go ahead, Paul. All right. Well. Uh, let's see here. Um, with my email application. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Goodness. Did Will Smith bitch slap it out of existence? I, I think that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Cause that's what's happening on TV. Exactly. Way to timestamp us. People who are catching up and, and listening to this in 2025 are going to be like, what? What? <laughs> They're going to be, wasn't that the day that we all knew that Chris Rock was eventually going to kill Will Smith? Let us just remember. I mean, we knew, we should have known from that moment. Yeah. Um, But let's remember (laughs) in in the before times when we had the Rob Lowe Snow White dancing number at the Oscars. And just remember, that is when the timeline split. Well, but this (laughs) is the... But this is the thing, Darren, is that that I, um, you know, like I said, I, you know, I finally fully check out and something interesting happens. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, <laughs> finally. Yeah. It's yeah, been right? this long. Yeah, it's like, you know, 10 years of nothing but, you know, Bruce Valanche scripted uh, cue cards. And uh, it's like that to get gay Twitter to snap out of the Chris Evans revelry. So, you know, <laughs> I was like, what? Be- Someone just said, did that actually happen? And of course, they didn't say what it was. And so then 10 minutes later, I'm like, uh. Oh, oh. <laughs> All right. There's a backstory here. Let's move on. <laughs> From Daniel Began, uh, Dear Paul, Darren, Travis, Michael, and Jim, and on missions in deep space, Matt and Scott. Thank you all for years of enjoyment. I ha- I've been listening and I've been enjoying listening to your podcast from the first episode. In answer to your perennial question, my first Legion comic was Adventure 247. Wow. It's a good one Holy to start crap. with. On a on a visit to my uncle's home in 1958, I was a seven year old fan of the adventures of Superman on TV. My older cousin had a pile of comic books that featured Superman. The first one that I read was World's Finest 97, which opened my eyes to the world of superheroes. That issue had a Green Arrow story that I especially remember. It wasn't until years later, after being a fan of the first issues of The Fly and Challengers of the Unknown, and recognized that they dropped off in quality after the first few issues, that I understand why. In other words, Kirby left. Um, (laughs) uh, My cousin also had a copy of Adventure 247 in his pile. 
In addition to what became known as the Silver Age Superman, and yes, Darren, I realize that all stories are imaginary, but I loved Superman's imaginary stories. I totally understand. Yeah. <laughs> I was always drawn to team books. Legion, of course, but also Justice League, Doom Patrol, Teen Titans, Fantastic Four, Avengers, Dis Defenders, X-Men, etc. I would have said at the time I was a fan uh, uh, that I was a fan getting more superheroes for the buck. But I have now realized it was the concept of a team. A team is a system, and I've always been a supporter of system optimal solutions. A nerdy concept, I admit. But hey, you are nerds, aren't you? Mm -hmm. He's right. We are. Yeah. And so into the rabbit hole go we. Um, and and this actually ties into what Travis was saying earlier about, you know, the whole when the uh, when the singer goes off and does a solo album thing. I was thinking mm -hmm. of it. I was thinking of this. It's like, oh, we're <laughs> going to get to that. Um, he says many of the superheroes that I most admired were created and or promoted by the children of Jewish immigrants. Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, Jack Kirby and Joe, Sh Joe Simon. Uh, Julius Schwartz, Stanley, etc. It's really hard after Siegel and Schuster, then Kirby and Simon, and then Schwartz. Oh my goodness. Um, anyway, and Stanley, etc., who all believed in the system, not the individual. Stan Lee's famous with great power comes great responsibility is a system optimal phrase. Its counterpart as a user optimal phrase would be with great power comes great opportunity. Uh, Homelander is Superman as a user optimalist. The reason I mention this is because Batman is an example of a user optimalist, admittedly a good user optimalist, but a user optimalist nonetheless. The fact that Batman's popularity soared after 1986 is, in my humble opinion, due in part because the humor, user optimalist worldview has been in the ascendancy since that time. Batman seeks justice, his justice over the tribe's justice. That doesn't mean that I have not enjoyed Batman stories by Frank Miller, Justice League Doom, etc. But a vigilante with whom you agree is still a vigilante. Mm -hmm. I mention this because I am hopeful that the system optimal worldview is, not, is now in the ascendancy. Donald Trump? Steel? You mean sore loser. DeSantis? Don't say gay? And especially Putin's invasion of Ukraine have exposed why user optimal solutions are, in my opinion, inferior to system optimal solutions. I hope to see more adventures of Superman when he was a boy, because that's when he learned his worldview. Superman and Lois on the CW gets it. Superman will save uh, North Korean subs and Russian villages because he's for the American way, not just America. Uh, but, you know, the in other words, the the ideal um, and says just as Captain America will not fight unquestioningly for America, decisions are made by and for the team. And the team is humanity, not just America. Long live the Legion. Uh, by the way, if you do deign to read this on air, I should inform you that my podcast listening is in a time bubble at the moment. Ooh. Daniel, do watch out for the pink fuzz. It gets into everything. It does. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and I won't hear your current episode for at least a year. I'm currently murdering. Murder is a vowel as a mm -hmm. verb. I, yeah. You know, I we appreciate yeah. this. I'm currently murdering my listening and have gotten as far as episode 638. So I'm not sure which uh, episode that. Well, I mean, it's 638. Um, yeah. But it's a it's a that's a good stretch to go. So, yeah, about a year. About a year is the uh, first part of the uh, great Eclipso, the darkness within, yada, yada. 
Oh, <laughs> you can skip that one. It's fine. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, it'll be too late because yeah. it's going to be a year. No, before, go back uh, to the time bubble. Change everything. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, um, so there we go. Um, I yeah, I, I kind of enjoy nice that 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 idea of of the team as sort of a, a you know a microcosm of society as well, right? Um, where we get more of a feel for what their world is like because we're seeing a whole group of people from it um, is kind of another way of, of, of looking at that. But, but, you know, that, that overall, Hey, we want, uh, we want this world to be better. And uh, because we, we, we want the, the whole world to be better for everyone. And um, that's one of the big things Legion's about. Mm. So there you go. All right. And, uh, and, you know, I, I love that, that when he came up with some examples of it, uh, he dove right back into uh, into history uh, for them. Hey, speaking of history, Michael, do we have anything that happened this week in Legion history? Amazingly, yes. What? I know. Uh, 60 years ago, uh, 1962, uh, Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane, number 33, under the influence of a strange space metal, Lana Lang projects Lois Lane and Lori Lamaris into the Phantom Zone and gets Superman to agree to marry her. Monel makes an appearance in the Phantom Zone. Oh. And if that's, you know, any, that could be any episode of, or issue of Lois Lane. Yeah, very yeah. much. And, and Monel being salty that uh, Superman has not cured him yet. <laughs> right. Uh, meanwhile, uh, also on that date in 1962, Action Comics number 288, uh, Supergirl's adoptive father, Fred Danvers, is telepathically induced by inmates of the Phantom Zone to perform cruel tricks that make Supergirl cry and then save her tears, which, when mixed with certain chemicals, forms a substance that opens a rift in the Phantom Zone. Monel escapes and finds a green kryptonite meteor, which he uses to force the other phantom zoners back in and then joins them before the rift closes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, 1967, 55 years ago, Action Comics 356. This one is a little longer recap just so I can point out how absurd it is. Okay. <laughs> uh, the five Legion orphans stay on monitor duty in the clubhouse on Parents' Day, but they chase some criminals who have a strange crystal, crystal stone, which, when combined with the waters of a certain fountain on a certain planet, turns the Legionnaires into children. They are adopted by people from another world, which had a meteor explode in the atmosphere, causing all the children to die and the adults unable to have more children. So the adults concocted this whole scheme with the crystal and the fountain to get these five orphan legionnaires to regress to being children so they could adopt them because children from off-world were not affected. affected. And then when, about, when it wears off, uh, they realize that uh, the chemicals from the meteor have dissipated and everybody can have kids again. And uh, because of that, they decide the legionnaires decide to go back home and not press charges. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, and good for him. 
Yes. <laughs> so, so this is what's going on in the Legion right now. Uh, meanwhile, over at Marvel, just to point out what was going on, uh, we had the Avengers versus the Submariner for the possession of the Cosmic Cube. Reed Richards is in the negative zone, and the Inhumans rescue him from Blastar, which is his first appearance. And Nick Fury finds that the Supreme Hydra is really Baron Von Strucker. Um, and we have a, uh, a fight in the other story in that issue between Captain America and the Red Skull. So uh, you can see what Marvel versus DC were doing in the mid-60s. Mm -hmm. uh, but that issue of Adventure Comics, you can listen to in episode 68. 25 years ago, it's the amalgam age of comics. Yay. Seven. Uh, we have the Magnetic Men featuring Magneto, number one. Magneto's loyal friends have fallen in battle. So he recreates them in form of the, robo of the robotic Magnetic Men. But will they survive the menace of the sinister society and a visit to Krakoa, the living dinosaur island? Um, and also, Spider-Boy team-up number one. The Iraq kid meets the teens of tomorrow. to join Spider-Boy as he leaps his way through multiple realities of the Amalgam universe. But he can't save the future all by his lonesome, which is why he joins forces with the Legion of Galactic Guardians of 2099. Written by uh, Roger Stern and Carl Kiesel. That issue has one of the greatest pages of all time. And I didn't realize it until much later in my life because it's a five years later reference. Yeah, I, I have <laughs> I'd forgotten. I added this one to our uh, list of books that we have not covered, but we need to. We need to desperately cover it. I love Spider-Boy and I love that issue. We will. Uh, um, we will be talking about it. Soon, hopefully. Uh, 20 years ago, 2002, The Legion, number six. Mm. All of fear is bleak as Earth's moon and its inhabitants are the target of the galaxy's most politically powerful man, Raz al Ghul. And I don't care if you pronounce it Raish, I pronounce it Raz, and I'm the one who's <laughs> even worse. As several legionnaires race to stop the despot's plan, he's found the resurging team's headquarters and dispatched an entire army to destroy it. If there's one thing he's going to learn, however, it's never count the Legion out. And this is part one of Terror Incognito. And look for this in late 2027. Ten years ago, mm -hmm. 2012, Legion Secret Origin number six. It's the climactic conclusion as full-on war breaks out across the United Planets. But there is hope as the Legionnaires have finally come together to confront the evil behind the attacks on their homeworlds. Hmm. Will it be in time? And do they have enough power on their own to survive their darkest hour? And this is the conclusion to the origin of the New 52 Legion. Yes. Which is similar to the original origin, but it's different enough that, that I call it a different origin. And then 970 years from now, in the year 2992, in the five-year-later timeline, Infectious Lass is forced to resign from the Legion, and she becomes a fugitive from EarthGov to avoid prosecution. And that is this week in what has been and what will have been going to be 
making history. Outstanding. Excellent. Now, we did have some uh, pre-show chatter about Comixology and Amazon. Oh, oh yeah. So I think we should like just say briefly, uh, Jim, you noticed some changes? Well, it's not really a change. It's just okay. a, a problem that has been compounding since the switchover. So when the switchover happened, they separated mm-hmm. the Comixology app and the Kindle app into two separate apps. So the comics, all, all your comics would be in the Comixology app and all your regular books would be in the Kindle app, or at least that's the theory. So all of, you have to opt in to have all your Comixology comics appear in the Kindle app. It's a, it's a setting that's on the Amazon website. If you so choose, you can merge them together. I chose not to do that because I didn't want having two apps keeps things more organized. However, there's a, there's a slight oversight in this in that. New purchases made after the switchover appear in both apps regardless of what your choice is. And so now my Kindle app is slowly filling up with all my comic purchases, just choking out all of my regular books. And Uh it's really annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Choke. Choke. Take a drink. Take a drink. Hey. uh, I'd like to point everybody to uh, a YouTuber, um, NerdSync, N-E-R-D-S-Y-N-C. He does a lot of good nerdy stuff dive into his scooby-doo uh youtube hole it's pretty am- amazing Thanks. like like scooby-doo 2 actually is the prequel to scooby-doo the movie also apparently it's pretty good i think james gunn Very wrote it good. yeah and, and uh uh scott who is nerd saint scott Nieswander, i think is his name if i'm pronouncing that wrong i apologize um, he did. He did a really good deep dive into the whole Amazon Comicsology debacle, with some updates in that video um, to let you know what updates that he's noticed as far as uh, reading things. The latest quirk that I have heard of online is that if you go to buy a comic in Comicsology, you have to buy your comics one at a time. Now. Oh yeah, there's no uh, there's no uh, uh, shopping cart. So that's painful for everybody. That is absurd. Uh, yep. Yeah, every, everything's buy it now. So either they are idiots and forgot to put that in uh, to, put, to put a cart together, like or they, they want regular. you to, or they want you to overspend like a bandit. Yep, one of the two. So that's really annoying for people who have a pull list 25, 30 issues long. Sure, doing one ninety nine or two ninety nine purchases, whatever it is, and then your bank calls you to tell you, hey, you've been charged thirty times. Is this the same transaction? Right. You know, so or or worse, they cut your card off because of it, because they notice fraud, because you've never had such a series of the same dollar amount of charges. Yeah. So <clears throat> yeah, the, this debacle continues on with Amazon's clusterfuckering of Comicsology. Yay! <laughs> Indeed, it, you know, and I know some people will be like, ah, you know, that's uh, that's no that's no big deal. It's it's purely trivial. Um. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. No, no. <laughs> Except I'm sure you see what I'm doing here, yes, right? I do. I do. I do. I do. I do. I see what you're doing, and I took the bait like a champ, sir. <laughs> so does that make you the straight man, Darren? Hmm? Does that make you the straight man in this yes, case? Yes, it does, Michael. Yes, <laughs> it does. I have to turn on the Oscars. My gain is back now. <laughs> yeah, so, and then you're gonna get people punching people. So and, and now it's boxing. I didn't know there were <laughs> gloves involved. 
boxing so, is the gayest sport ever. Two men in silk shorts, satin shorts, wearing gloves, fighting over a purse. Adorable. <laughs> <laughs> also, they hug. They do, yes, they don't do. they? After they're yeah. all sweaty menses together in the ring. Yes. Please. I can make everything gay. It's true. So. Anyway. Um, so Jim said he wanted to talk about Spider or Spider Boy, so I have prepared a special Amalgam Age uh, Spider Boy team up trivia. Oh boy! For today, Spider Boy, Spider Boy. Uh, question number one, and these are open to anybody. Uh, some of these are not too difficult. Which two characters were amalgamated to be Spider Boy? Uh, Spider Man and Superboy clone. Superboy that is correct. Yeah. Uh, question number two: Spidey's girlfriend, Mary Jane Watson, was the secret identity of which superheroine? Ooh. Man, I'm gonna get all these right. Should I just blurt it out? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Insect Queen. She was Insect Queen, correct? Ah, that makes sense. Course, yeah. Number three, what is Spidey's Legion-related secret identity? It's like, it's not Miguel O'Hara, but it's close. I can't remember what he mixed the name with. No, well, no, his his regular secret identity is Pete Ross. But that's, that's not correct. as, is yeah, that correct? correct? Okay. Peter Ross, to be specific. Right. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's Spider-Boy's. I thought right. he got a new one. Oh, that's right. Miguel is the, the Spider Boy of twenty ninety nine. Twenty nine nine. Yeah, that's the future one. Or Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Uh, all right. Question number four. If you'll recall, sometime back I asked you to give me the names of any three of the thirty two members of the Legion of Galactic Guardians twenty ninety nine, which included members like Bouncing Ball, Living Lightning Lad, Paste Eater Pete, and Timberwolf by Night but we're not going to talk about them. Instead, we're going to talk about the bad guys. There were seven villains in the Spider-Boy issue, two as individuals and one or and five as a member of a team. Do you remember the two solo villains? And if not, I can give you the name of the villains and have you tell me who they were amalgamated from. So I know the issue opens with a vulture amalgam, and it's vulture and... No, no, he's not part of a team, although that comes up later. Oh, okay. I was just thinking because of the age thing, because Ultra looks really old, and so does Oh, I can't, I don't know who, I don't know, I actually don't know who's, I don't know, I don't recall what his amalgam name is, or who he's amalgamated with. I know he's got, like, a laser eye. The Vulture? Yeah. Amalgamated? Uh, Which DC character? Um... I don't remember. Mm, I know. I remember what you're like. talking about, though. He had a laser eye thing. Yep. Anybody else want to take I a guess? Don't think he was mixed with Cyborg Superman. I think he was. No. He was no. not. Hmm. Eclipse. Uh, the the Legion mm. met reboot Legion met this guy. Hmm. Oh. So he's a Legion villain. Yes. That's why I brought it up. Oh. Uh, too too much silence. I give up. All right. <laughs> the, 
the villain's name was Scavulture, and uh-huh. he was a, an amalgam of Scavenger and Vulture. Scavenger. And Scavenger, uh, if you recall, or if I recall correctly, was the um, the guy who collected lots of 20th century tech, and he had an old working version of a Phantom Zone generator, and that's how Valor came out of the Phantom Zone in the reboot. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure that. That sounds correct. <laughs> All right. Uh, does anybody remember the second villain, solo villain? Wasn't um, the, uh, I don't know if he's considered a villain, but wasn't the uh, the Silver Surfer Black Racer amalgam in that? Uh, I think so, but I'm only looking out at Legion-related stuff. Wasn't there a um, mashup of Kang and the uh, Time Trapper? Yes. He was. It was. His name was Kang the Time Conqueror, <laughs> a.k.a. Kronos Tut. <laughs> awesome. uh, all right. So the five, the other five members were Fatal called the, fright, the Frightful Five. They were enemies of the Legion of Galactic Guardians 2099, hired by Kang, the Time Conqueror, to destroy the Legion's Time Square generator. They succeeded, but they accidentally caused a chronal collapse. And we'll get to that in a bit. Who were the members of the Frightful Five? I couldn't tell you their names, but I remember some of them. Uh, the, Valinus the, was crossed with Terminus. That's correct. And the, that character's name was Valinus. And the, the only one I remember the name of was Tharlock. Yeah, uh, it was Deathlock was, and Therok. Yeah, it was, De- it was Deathlock, Deathlock and Therok, which was awesome. <laughs> and, and, A.K.A. the Human Cyborg. Right. Yes. Uh, do we remember the other three? And it's it's obviously who it's obvious who the Legion. Uh, 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 the only uh, I don't remember Empress or uh, Persuader, but uh, Mano was with uh, uh, the Orb, the big eye dude for the head. That's correct. His name was Manorb. Yes. <laughs> and, I and, and wasn't the I know it was the the Emerald Eye of Ekrom was replaced. With the eye of uh, Agamotto, That's but correct. I don't, I don't remember what she called herself though. The uh, I have written down the Agamotto Express. That's what's yeah. But, but it could be Empress because that's only one letter off. No, I, uh, I'm cheating, and it does say Agamotto oh. Express, uh, which is weird. <laughs> I think right. that might be a typo. Uh, and does anybody who's not cheating know who the fifth one was? Merged with Persuader. I don't remember. No idea. His name was Spartacus, and it was Gladiator versus. Uh, uh, nope. I am. I am Spartacus. The, yeah, they have similar uh, masks. The the daredevil villain with the the chain the buzzsaw on his wrist. Yeah. Oh God. All right. Who were the founders and inspiration for the Legion of Galactic Guardians twenty ninety nine? Oh, who were the founders? The fa- yes, who were the three founders of the Legion of Galactic Guardians? <laughs> I'm not going there. <laughs> Man, Yondu lad. I don't know. <laughs> well, I know the three. I know, I know the three that meet with Spider Boy is um, 
Uh, the Brainiac one, the, the Saturn Girl one, and I want to say the Lightning Lad one, but I don't know if they were the founders. I know. I, I thought was, the three that met with him were the were the three founders of their am, amalgams. It is the it's three amalgams of the three founder legionnaires. Oh. But you recall their names, and and who was the legacy that they formed the group in honor of? Cosmic Boy was with crossed with Vance Astro. I remember that. That's correct. Yeah. Oh and, right. And Saturn Girl was combined with Psylocke. Psylocke, she had the pink yeah. hair. Yeah, that's and right. Yeah. Like uh, the Betsy Braddock Psylocke. The, the original yep. Psylocke, not Ninja Psylocke, right? Yeah. Yep. Lightning Lad, I got no idea. Well, he was. Uh, was he? Was he Living Lightning Lad at that point, or was that the reboot? No, that was Living Lightning Lad. In, in the reboot, he was uh, Electron. Oh right, because it's a single name joke. Yeah. Right. And and who was the uh, the legacy that they formed the group in honor of? Well, I was going to say Spider Boy, but that feels like a trick question. No, it's not. Oh, was it? So it's Spider Boy. It is yeah. Spider. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not okay. a trick question. It doesn't require uh, a trick answer either. <laughs> okay, You're so getting we saw, on as us. as Jim noted, uh, we saw three different versions of the Legion of Galactic Guardians 2099 pre and post chronal collapse in homage in, in homage to what three eras of the Legion? Uh, original reboot and five years later. That is all three correct. Nice. Um, okay, this next one, uh, without looking it up, do you? Does anyone remember what the Times Square generator was, and how it played into it, into the story? No, no. What it no was? <laughs> I, I well, guess the, the Times Square generator was the uh, Times Square generator. It's a tautology there. Well, the the Times Square generator, I believe, is uh, uh, an amalgam of the. Uh, time bubble, of course, and uh, the Fantastic Four is a uh, uh, time platform. I think that sounds reasonable to me. Um, as in, how does it play into the story? Yeah. Well, I know the plot, but what are you asking? Well, basically the the plot. Well, they grab Spider Boy from the past, and the the. Uh, the five attack causes the collapse and then right. the spider boy 2099 from the future comes back in time in the cube takes spider boy back to the, the uh, five years into the future where everything sucks and then i can't remember exactly what he did they they repaired it and then they sent him back to a different <clears throat> earth which had rebooted versions of some of the legionnaires right and and it was created by Martin X Five. <laughs> yes. Well, that makes that makes sense. That does make sense. Oh, man. oh, uh, oh Matrix, I'm right? Uh, no, Mar um, Martin X was one of the uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy original ones. Yeah. Oh, was that his whole name, Martin X? No, no, sorry, he was Imperial Guard. He was the Brainiac Five version. Yeah. Yeah. So so oh, that, yeah, that that. That was the neat thing is that some of these uh, were were brought back as, you know, kind of into like there were there were lots of neat in jokes here. Oh, many. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, this uh, this issue, like I said, was written by uh, by Roger Stern, who was also writing the reboot Legion at the time. Yeah. So the plan, of course, he had written like zillions of comics for Marvel. Exactly. I mean, of all people, right? It's like he totally gets that that uh, that era. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Universe Boy, half Captain Universe, half Ultra oh, Boy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that star pattern just looks great. Yeah. All right, my last question uh, from the um, from the Magneto and the Magnetic Men issue: uh, the Sinister Society featured which two villains with a Legion hero connection? No idea. Sinister Society. That and that's the second Magnetic Men book, right? Not the Sinister Six, or are we talking about the Serpent Society? No. I, Okay. No, it it has nothing to do with with a an amalgam of a group like the like the the Fatal Five group. Okay. These are a bunch of a bunch of random villains put into a sinister society, which was a an, a, a kind of an amalgam of the Sinister Six and the Secret Society of Supervillains. Hmm. I don't, I'll be honest. I actually have never read that specific issue of Magnetic right. Man. I, it's one of the few gaps I've got. All right. So the two uh, villains with a Legion hero connection, there was Vance Cosmic, uh, a different version. This is a, a 20th century villain, not the 2099 hero, mm-hmm. who was also Vance Astro plus Cosmic Boy. And the other one was Quasimodox. Of course he was. Uh, Quasimodo <laughs> plus Vrildox. Oh, he's oh, so he was Vrildox. Vrildox, correct. Mm. Quasimodox. Well, it makes sense that the the Vance Astros character would be in two time periods because it's like his whole deal. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. totally. But there you go. That is the uh, that's amalgam age trivia for the week. That is uh, awesome. And uh, one of these days, we'll actually get to cover uh, Spider Boy Team Up Number One in our uh, in our regular episodes. Didn't we? Sweet, I, f- I do yeah, that I, one. I feel like you did. We I definitely think, I think did. We did. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, I thought it was covered. I almost feel like I was on that episode, but I Mike, have to was check. it not on the spread? No, it was before we knew you. Um, it was. Uh, it was. It was like. Scott was uh, was yeah. Scott was the big spider. He was the one who was like, "We got to do this issue." So yeah. Well, it's not in the spreadsheet, but the <laughs> spread the spreadsheet I got from looking at the uh, the individual episodes. So if it was covered and not mentioned in the like in the opening sentence or so, then I don't have it. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, or I it's in the, it. or it's still in the black hole. So oh, um, pardon. Mm-hmm. Um, um, no, but there's uh, there's there's still there's still a bunch of episodes uh, that are um, awaiting uh, their revi- revitalization, and um, one day we'll have time to put into that. Um, <laughs> anyway, that 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 said, I'm all for doing it again anytime. Yeah, exactly. In fact, I'd be happy to. Like you know, not tonight. Not tonight. Once a year, once a year, we do this issue. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> no. You know this issue in Adventure Two Forty Seven. I mean, there you go. 
um, two pivotal issues. So cool. Very pivotal issues. Yeah. All right, folks. Uh, you too can uh, can join in and let us know your favorite members of the Legion of Galactic Guardians uh, twenty ninety nine uh, simply by emailing to us at Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com. You can join in the conversation on our Facebook page, which can be found at facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. We are on the Twitter. We are LOSP Podcast. And in addition to all those things, you can go over to our website, Legion of Substitute Podcasters, and comment on this and almost any other episode. And with that, we make our way into the time bubble. Hey, we're going to run into in, in, into Daniel. He's He's listening to our episodes. And I told I told him that Pink Fuzz was going to get out of control. And uh, we will see you all next week. And remember, if you had bitch slap on your Oscar card this year, you win. <laughs>